Welcome to The Mortar and Pestle, a PCCA podcast where we discuss all things compounding and all things concerning independent pharmacy. Now, here are your hosts, Mike Delisio, North American Sales Director, and Sebastian Dennison, Clinical Compounding Pharmacist. Hello, compounding world. Uh, thank you for tuning in to episode five of PCCA's podcast. I'm your host, Mike Delisio, and I'm joined by my co-host, Sebastian Dennison. Welcome. Uh, we'd like to welcome back to the studio Ross, um, who dove into the subject of stability indicating assay, uh, the importance of chapter USP 795 as it pertains to testing and um, analytical chemistry for finished product compounding. And uh, for the most part, we decided to break up this episode over two separate discussions. So thank you, Ross, for joining us back into the studio again. My pleasure. Um, I guess we'll just get right into it for those of you that tuned into our last episode. Um, we wanted to dive into the world of, of application and and what beyond use dating meant to pharmacy specifically, but if you can give us a bit better explanation on the application of BUDs and what that means. Sure. Uh, I, I think that from our, our previous discussions, we, we've got a thumbnail sketch, if you will, of understanding that a BUD um, must be constructed and put together correctly so that it truly reflects the prescription going out to the patient. It's not products on a shelf. It's something that's been mixed, put together, and, and now it goes off to the patient in a particular dosage form and, and certain uh, shipment schedule. I, I think that, that we should not underestimate the Formula Plus product line from a perspective of application for the management of risk for the patient as well as the pharmacy itself. Formula Plus products have been tested over many years, over many different pharmacies, many different applications with many different patients of different immune capability and systems. And as such, we know they work and how they work. For, for a pharmacy, for anyone to go and attempt to collect the data of and by themselves would cost thousands and thousands of dollars, even done at cost, by formula. The application of Formula Plus product lines across whatever disease state or, or malady that you're attempting to treat gives a, a very strong position for risk mitigation by a pharmacy, but also from a science perspective, it fits right into the, uh, into the system of knowing what it's going to be used for, how it's going to be uh, seen by the patient, outcomes, and Formula Plus just gives you a database that you know. And, and I really apologize cutting you off because I know that you're going to expand on this in more detail. Uh, to the listeners out there, to give you a better explanation of what Formula Plus is, it's a database um, that we've maintained, uh, and you can find all of our data on the members-only website, uh, that extends of more than about 180 formulas that are specific to beyond new stating and and. It's, it's an opportunity for us to capture a lot of the information and, as Ross mentioned, over multiple disease states. So I know for those of you that are not familiar with Formula Plus and what that looks like from a beyond you standing point of view, a lot of this content is available to you on the members-only website. Ross, I apologize for cutting in. I just wanted to make sure that everybody understood where they can find this data as well um, and had a better understanding of what Formula Plus was to PCCA. 
So well, thank you for doing that. Again, I focus on the science and don't quite, uh, I don't know how many times I've been on the members only website, but thank you for that. You've uh, contributed. It's good enough. Go. So I, the point is application of known data is always the right thing to do. Why is it the right thing to do? Because it's well known and understood and the use of data of and by itself generates more data on its own. I cannot underestimate the time and effort that is required that has been invested in analyzing data sets. Uh, if one would consider that one one formula plus data set has probably taken a two PhD master level analytical chemist four to six weeks to produce and analyze, that would probably be an understatement. But that's okay because once it's done, once it's put in place, and once it's followed, it's good until something changes. And what do I mean by something changing? You switch an API, you switch an excipient, you switch the quality of the process that you put together on which you were tested, then everyone gets to start all over. And, and I would strongly recommend you start all over only when you need to. We, we attempt at Eagle not only to teach the science of the chemistry, the science of the process, but we have, uh, in the, the earlier podcast, we discussed that Eagle has morphed over time and grown with engineers and, and other science functions that we actually try to manage with the, with the compounder how to produce the product. What do I mean by that? Flow is very important. Management of the process is very important. Knowing how to put these things together is a chemical engineering function many times, not a pharmacy clinical aspect. Selecting the right products at the right times, how to test, when to test. Do you test everything? Of course not. Do you test the appropriate sampling plant? Yes, you do. What is that? We, through our consulting services and group, help you do that. Help you put in place so that what you collect the data, the data makes sense. And I would beg you, never collect a piece of data to put in a file folder in your drawer. If you're not going to look at the data, don't collect it. Save the time, save the money. Data should indicate a process either in control, a process moving toward greater control or less control. You must analyze your data. We show you how to do that. We can help you do that. Most of the time, we're doing it for you already and we'll let you know. But you cannot do two data sets over 12 months and expect to have any sort of trend or process. So you must randomly select those things to put in place so that you know that you're being cost effective and efficient. Now 795 requirements and so many of the requirements from regulatory bodies and surveying bodies talk about proficiency testing. Proficiency testing is a very easy concept. It says you should test how you make the product, which includes who makes the product, over time to see that it's done consistently, reliably, and ultimately safely. All the data sets that are collected in that time period must be looked at again in one holistic piece. You cannot pick and choose data that you look at. If you do that, you ultimately miss some sort of trend, good or bad, one way or the other. Certain formulas are more difficult to produce than other formulas. Which ones, you might ask? Well, it's easy, right? If I've got one that I'm putting in four or five ads, that's probably more difficult than a one ad. 
if I'm putting something in solution, it's easier than I'm putting something into a cream. All of these activities require the knowledgeable compounder to analyze and ask the question, what is going on here? And if I'm not sure what's going on, logic would dictate that I should figure it out, and you figure it out by testing. But testing of and by itself never is the answer. Control comes from a well-designed process that has no choice but to produce a safe and effective product. Again, I will mention Formula Plus. Formula Plus not only says what you should use as constituents, but how you should use them, how you should put them together, how you should mix them, how you should dispense them. It's a total process evaluation and direction sheet. When you're looking ultimately at your overall process, overall compounding event, all of the compounding events of the day, of the week, of the month, should be evaluated in total. Do I make the same product twice a day or do I make it once? Do I make it four times a week or do I make it once a week? These are questions that in all the rules and regulations talk about things like anticipatory compounding. They talk about how to put things together and give sufficient leeway if evaluated managed correctly to be not only cost effective and efficient but give you the opportunity to minimize testing to a point where you only test what you need to test to know that the process is in control. When I speak of process control I think of much more than a potency, much more of the quality of a product. I talk about a process that equals cost-effective, that it's efficient, and delivers on time with the least amount of stress, and there's a lot of stress in compounding, the least amount of stress to the actual patient. It has to be an entire event looked at everything at the same time. When, when one has to ask questions during the actual compounding, that is not as effective as having your questions answered before you start. You have a flow, you have a worksheet, you measure, you mix, you compound, you put it in the final dispensed unit dosage form, label, and out the door. You want it to be a linear step, a linear process. You need to make sure that you understand those steps. You need to make sure that nothing or the surprises there's always a surprise, are kept to a minimum. And you only do that by practice. You have to get that done. So our, what we're talking about when we're talking about our testing, using our Beyond Use State formulas, using all of this, it's really not necessarily a tool to say, yeah, 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 we hit our target. We're, we're good. We can, make something, we can make something potent. We're actually talking about we can construct a compound correctly. We're looking at process validation as much as endpoint uh, concentration of the, of the drug. This is this is a, a fully integrated test as opposed to just a oh potency bang we hit our target we're good we can dispense it and happily move on and not and ignore it. This is this can actually be used as a tool for training. This can be a, tr a tool for uh, process validation and 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 efficiencies. Like there's a lot that we can use this for as opposed to just. Well, Sebastian, here's a concentration like that's it. Sebastian, I think there's there isn't a doubt that you cannot test quality into a product. It mm -hmm. has to be built into a product. 
The only thing a, a test is, whether it's an end product test, end product test, or an end process test, is, is a point in time measurement. It's a measurement, it's a metric to be evaluated. But the whole quality of your process comes from the right people trained the right way with the right process and the right procedure and the right materials, man, method, materials, machines. Those are the way you do a fishbone diagram when you're doing an analysis for what's going on in any sort of event. And I always consider MMM and M. I'm always at the M boys. Man, method, materials, machines, all of those things together make the quality product. And you don't test any of those till the end. You test the final product, but it came from all those pieces, all those fish bones in that diagram that come through there. You know, the first episode we discussed stability indicating assay, testing methodology, and what that means to to be on you stating. And, and we talked about Formula Plus. Ross, uh, where do you think PCC has positioned itself with the amount of Formula Plus uh, information that we have on the, on our members only website and and the overall methodology used. How important is all this for compounding pharmacies? First of all, I think it's critical to all compounding pharmacies, and I can tell you that our Formula Plus data continues to expand, continues to be, and will always be state of the art. We will always uh, evaluate and understand the systems because we make some pretty complex formulas. I mean, when you go out and you look at a commercial product, you don't see 42 ads in anything. You don't see all these different mixtures and dosage forms and activities. You see something that can be mass produced in a large volume or minimal volume, don't get me wrong, out the door, and that's not compounding. So when we are compounding, putting all of these things together in different dosage forms, we always have to be sure that we understand that what goes out the door is correct, and the only way we can do that is the application of science. When we use our mass specs to understand what's going on and what we're looking at, we're not putting a piece of pH paper in something to see what the pH is. It's very sophisticated. The Formula Plus is designed and will continue to grow and continue to grow in the area of the sciences required by the dosage forms we deliver. We, we currently are involved in significant clinical studies of clinical new drugs and new dosage forms that keep us on the cutting edge, which is where we want to be, on the cutting edge of knowing what are the new forms that are coming out, what are the things that are going to be happening. It is, it is Eagle's goal to always be there at the forefront, learning and developing and making sure that we ask the questions for the answers that you will need in the future. We have to do that. Uh, we don't know the pharmacy questions. You don't know our science questions. Together, it is the, it's that partnership that makes the PCCA-Eagle relationship so strong and powerful and, frankly, fun. I mean, this is, this is what you should do in your life. So that, so that kind of begs the question, and this is loaded. Um, I don't want to <laughs> give away any secrets. Where do you see the future of Eagle evolving with respect to the clinical practice? What are, what are some of the key things that we can be looking for from Eagle over the next six months, year, and how we can integrate it into our practice. I know, loaded. <laughs> I, I know you. I know you're sitting there on a. He's like, killing me. Um, no, we are in a positive way. In we positive are. Way. We are. Uh, we will in the next six months uh, produce and make more data available that's never been seen before, for use in the clinical practice, for immediate application into into. Uh, those that have access to our membership models and what we have from a, a Formula Plus and stuff that will simply take 
the question of do we think it's safe do we know it's safe do we think we should do this but this is how you must do it we will uh we have undertaken significant um development projects in the area that are totally focused on compounding as it exists very frankly not for just 503a but 503b and some even new gmp type products which will ultimately ultimately be those that are the things that you will be compounding to personalize use in the coming years you don't you, we are not in the world of uh, developing new apis we are in the world of developing new drug compounds and so you have to get up the food chain and we we with our consulting functions and groups and engineers and scientists have availed ourselves to the opportunity for for many of these projects that are very focused very focused on the personalized medicine the specialized medicine for people that need it mass produced that's not our business uh personalized medicine which means you take a product and you put it together in that unique custom very specific fashion that's our world and we love it there'll there'll be um uh stay tuned for international we'll see how that works and we'll let michael tell them what that is and then we'll, we'll go from there but there is uh there are so many things going after all we wouldn't be going to a thirty-five thousand square foot new lab for snicks there's there's a lot of work to be done fantastic um, I, I guess I, that's the next one uh, in in my head immediately. Bracketed studies. Do you see this becoming a bigger part of our industry? Because like I I I know that we've got bracketed studies, uh, multi ingredient bracketed studies. How do you see that evolving? Do you see more of this? Do you see uh, how how is that going to play out? And is there anyone else doing anything even remotely similar to that? My world was always the GMP world. And for years and years and years, we would never have considered doing a study that wasn't bracketed. In fact, we would always would have done studies that making products that don't exist, too strong and too weak, and bracket everything in between. We would always do that. We have sort of perhaps brought my philosophy to Eagle, and we are in fact bracketing most of the known world. And it is our intention to do that and discussing with our pharmacists and discussing with compounders who are out there saying, well, we have a little bit different here. We have a little bit different there. And I will, I will probably say it now for the first time that we like the brackets that include maybe horses as well as humans or cats as well as humans. I mean, they, not many drugs are used the same way. They're just different dosage forms, aren't they? They're different concentrations. There is absolutely categorically no scientific reason not to expand it out as such so that all of the all of the uh, concentrations can be maintained so we are uh, we're doing a tremendous amount of work in bracketing bracketing is really the right way to understand the stability especially of mixtures oddly enough the drugs that sometimes are the least stable if you mix them with enough things they become stable there's sort of a population dynamics if you will and mm -hmm. that happens and we see that and then, I, then the next one is we're we're hearing chatter from other sites. Oh, this is what we're doing, and this is comparable. Um, I know you don't want to speak poorly of anyone else. You've already prefaced that. What are some of the what are some of the ways that you can as a as a as a consumer? How can I really vet this myself? Is there anything that I would look for, or that I should I should be asking of those of those 
claims. You know, it's, it's always buyer beware, isn't it? And you get yeah. what you pay for. And you'll see so many times being say, well, my data is as good as their data because, you know, it's got a U- uh, my worst one. It's a USP product, therefore they're all the same. That is so untrue, it's mind-boggling. But, and from a science perspective, it's almost silly, okay? Mm-hmm. But from a pharmacist's experiment, I get it. It's in the USP monograph, it says USP drug. And yet, if you look at the general notices section, which is right up front in the USP, I don't know if you guys even know what that section is, it says in there, oh, by the way, not everything in the USP monograph is sufficient enough to know about the quality of the product. It's in there in black and white. It's only been there for, I don't know, 60 years, maybe 70. Yeah. But at the end of the day, at the end of the day, I, I, I know that I would trust any data or data package that I can evaluate the process and the interpretation <clears throat> excuse me, of the data. If I'm only going to give somebody a conclusion, then I, I, I would never use that data. Just never, because I can't triangulate it. Uh, we know we know that when we do data sets, they're complete. And we've been asked by regulators, pharmacists that are being inspected by their state board or even by the FDA, they ask for our data. And we will send it lock, stock, and barrel to them. We will discuss it with the regulators and we will talk to them in the nth degree. I was once asked to discuss the data from another operation to which I had to decline. And the reason I had to decline, not because I was being a jerk, because there was no data to review. It was a statement. They wanted to know if I could stand by their statement. I, I don't know how to do that. And then when requested for the data, they tactfully declined. That's first rule, right? If I can't get the information, I'm out. It's always buyer beware. I think you need to have trust. I think you need to have the relationships. I think you need to uh, go the dance with the, and go home from the dance with the guy who brought you. I think that you need to build that relationship. You, uh, somebody who shows up and, and, and wants to say, I can give you this thing for a third of the price, a half the price, this, that, and the other thing, it is not the same thing. Period, end of discussion. That's easy for a scientist to say because it simply makes sense. We work with controls. We run a standard. Our standards cost more than your product half the time that we're, we're producing. We buy USP reference standards and we buy standards that know they're in place. That is not always done by everyone because there's no, ready for this, legal requirement to do that. There's a science requirement to do that. So I, 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 I know that there's a, a lot of difficulty sometimes in explaining to somebody why your data is better than another. The only thing I can tell you is that we are always prepared, always prepared to prove why we believe our data is right. I will never say someone else is incorrect, but I can prove mine's right. Ross, what advice would you give someone who's new to this, uh, that's looking at getting involved at compounding? Um, I know we have a lot of listeners of individuals that are just starting off. Um, in the world of analytical testing and the importance of of what we do and what you do uh, on Eagle's side of things, what is the best advice you can give someone who's starting off and has a hard time understanding all this? Well, I, I think, first of all, you always do your homework, right? And what, what we have developed in new offerings for Eagle were to actually, if someone was truly interested in doing it, had gone through the process, had been, had was a PCCA member, had talked with PCCA and had done that activity. We sit and talk with them to explain to them where testing fits in, 
why it fits in, that it is not a standalone thing. You have to get more knowledgeable. I think the training classes and courses that are presented at PCCA, they, you get a fundamental understanding. But I think that next question is, so, so many of our members, we tell them, geez, don't do that, do this. And they say, but that just saved me money. Well, that's fine. I don't ever want you to do something that's incorrect. But you have to educate yourself. I think it's a great marketplace. If you're in business, don't you want barriers to entry that you're willing to pay the price to invest in, to get done, to do it correctly? That's how it works. And I think that uh, that's who we are at Eagle. We've invested tremendously to do it right, to do it correctly. And we will not do it incorrectly. We will not do something just because you requested it from me. You would be willing to pay for it. If we think it's incorrect, we won't do it. We simply will not do it. It's you'll come come back and yell at me a year later. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. <laughs> I don't so, want to be yelled at, so yeah. I'm just going to do it right the first time. All right. Yeah, I'm that out. Makes sense. <laughs> yeah. What? Yeah, okay. So, so here's the really simple one. If you were, if you're sitting in my seat, you're a pharmacist. I've got a business going. I come. I, I got to start making formulas. First things, the easy one is start with Formula Plus because we've already vetted those. We've already gone through the steps with Eagle, follow the process, follow the directions. We can we can stand on our on our products. Maybe that's where I would start with some of my testing and start with some of our Formula Plus that we can already provide all that information back to you, and we can then validate our our techniques and our like you said, man machine uh, material material, and then that kind of gives us an evaluation of are we able to do things even. With a, with, a, with a very straightforward formula. So what happens if I get into something funky? What happens if I do something like, I, I'm, I'm doing something completely new, I, I've, I've, no one's ever done it before. How do we, how do we engage in saying, oh, are we doing this sure. right? Sure, we do that. We, we do a lot of those, as you might imagine as well. We do several formulas. I mean, we have some pharmacies that have 10,000 formulas. You, know, you yeah. said there's 100 and 200 of Formula Plus. Uh, when, when you have developed your formula or you've got a formula for some literature citing or whatever, this is what you want to do and you can produce it and you put it in place, we will, in fact, and it is an absolute service that we supply, we will tell you how to do a stability indicated assay development with method verification, a BUD date going out the door to make sure that it all passes and put in place. We do that, and I will tell you that for our membership, we do it at, well, you couldn't come close to having it done anywhere else for twice the price. We're not in that part for the money. Do not misunderstand what I'm saying. I want to keep you for a customer forever, but I need to have you do it right because we don't need any more missteps. We need to have it being done correctly, but we will actually walk you through the process. We will sit and spend too much time on the phone, like I said that, too much time on the phone, indicating to you what are the steps, how it has to be done, how much product has to get produced to, to make it happen, to put in place, work with you over the phone, et cetera, et cetera, to get all of that activity done so that you know up front what it's going to cost you and what the timetable is, and you'll never be charged a nickel for that. So that that's the part of what we do. Now, the day that you want us to come in and work through a whole process for you, setting up your whole system and putting in places for how do I do my proficiency testing, how to make that in place, we do that too for a, very, for a nominal charge. We do that as well. We will make sure that you get it done right. The only requirement that we ever have is that you want to do it right, and you will read the appropriate rules and regulations. I'm not going to read them to you. 
I'll explain them to you after you read them. So there's homework <laughs> homework to do it properly, but but you're you're willing to to work with people and get it up. And oh, running. absolutely. As that's that's that is exactly why we put together a consulting service. It has nothing to do with testing. It has to do what should I do? You know the what, why, where, and how kind of activity what goes on. You know, so it that that's absolutely a focus. Now, are you seeing more and more pharmacies getting into that part? Because, like, honestly, like, how if you're if you're going to say there's three thousand pharmacies out there, how what is your sort of percentage that are starting to ask those questions? How how much QC QA do I need to do? How many are starting to engage and saying we're, we're ramping up? Are we talking like is are we at the beginning of the tsunami? Or are we, or is it going to be a, kind of a industry standard that everyone at some point or another is going to have to be at that level? Everyone at some time is going to have to be at that level, or you won't be there. There clearly were the early adopters that a year ago started doing a tremendous amount of activity and a tremendous amount of work. We have probably fifty to one hundred pharmacies that probably have done this type of analysis, et cetera, on 80% of their product line. We have some just starting. We have some that are in other steps and processes. We currently have, uh, I want to say, 1,400 clients at Eagle. Mm -hmm. And they are in various stages and steps. And before someone thinks they're all sterile, they're not. The majority is non-sterile. Yep. Because that is that is a driver. That is a very large driver of the the magnitude and numbers. And and when you're doing testing and you're doing processing, it's numbers that count. And so the more they test, the more they do. The one thing everyone needs to understand is it's not the same amount of testing if you compound twice a day or twice a minute. I mean, there's a lot of activity that goes on with some very there's very large operations out there very large but there are very small operations that do the right statistical sampling and have a lot of confidence in what they do and they do it very very cost effectively there is a lot of uh, i mean 18 months ago 12 months ago there wasn't a consulting service in eagle because this is not a clinical this is not a pharmacy thing this is an operational consulting service and and now we have probably a half a dozen of those individuals that work on that so <clears throat> sorry uh very quick question you set an appropriate statistical number for quality assurance effectively mm -hmm. for small for a small pharmacy can you give me a ballpark can you give me an idea where to start i i, I don't test i've got to start well, give me a number in general you should be they, they give you a rule of thumb that says 10 percent of something and literally people say 10 percent of something and i always ask what is the something you're measuring and so is it by batches, by eaches, by units? We look at it from an algorithm perspective that has to do with processes. If you have a, let's say you have a, a cream process, an ointment process, a solution process, I will be testing across all of those a set number so that I can look at it. So I'm not doing 10% of every solution or 10% of every ointment. I'm doing of this a 10% number. And 10% is put some, put some question marks around that. Sometimes it's 4%. Sometimes it's nothing, and sometimes it's a lot more. Who among us think that we can take creams and ointments and mix them effectively and have it homogeneous from top to bottom? Please, I'd like that guy to work with me, because it doesn't always work that way. Mm -hmm. That's why the machines, and so you, you do a real analysis. We, we always called it risk analysis, right? Which ones were you worried about? Test those first. But we, we, I don't think you should ever over-test, because over-test is confusion. And I don't think you should ever under test, but we do we do process control charts, which will 
those that ultimately learn about PK software, they're going to be put in there. So we'll figure that out. It's a whole <laughs> other world. So, so, so effectively, the answer to my question is call for a, a fairly simple consult to determine where you need to start your testing. Right. If I were to ask you point blank a number, and I did, you said, really, we, we need to know what you're doing to have a, a good starting point. But please contact, and we can get you started. That's, that's the easiest part. Absolutely. And we can find you at www.egoanalytical.com. Absolutely. Any other way we can find you guys, Ross? Yeah, or call PCCA. They'll tell you where we right. are. Talk can, to your little sales rep. Can Look you, at the USA Today. can do that as well. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, on that note, Ross, thank you so much for the brilliant insight over the last two episodes. Uh, really a pleasure to have you as our guest. Thank you very, very much. Well, it was my pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. And, and thank you for taking the time to explain some of the technical details that that eludes us uh, non-scientist-focused testing <laughs> gurus. Oops. <laughs> yeah, on that note, thank you so much for listening to Episode 5 of PCC Podcast. At some point, we're going to try to come up with a more elaborate name for this podcast. Right now, it seems a bit bland, so we'll have to figure that out eventually. Uh, but for more information and resources, check us out on the PCCA blog page and on our members-only website. Join us for our next episode in a couple of weeks where we'll be discussing wound care in a bit more details. Uh, as mentioned, as always, please like us and subscribe so you don't miss out on any episode. Until next time, on behalf of Sebastian and myself, thank you so much for tuning in. And we look forward to speaking to you guys soon. Thank you.